Welcome to the Transform Your Wealth and Health podcast, where experts in wealth, health, and fitness help transform your life. Here's your host, Andy Arder. He was an RAF Top Gun fighter pilot and instructor for over 12 years before moving on to start his multi-million pound property portfolio. Then if that's not enough, he then created a half million pound income from a property education company in just 18 months with hardly any costs. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Rob Stewart. Rob, how are we doing? Very good, Andy. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for being on the show, by the way. So we need to know all about this career of yours, Rob. You're a fighter pilot. You're a property education man. You've got a property portfolio. Is there no end to your skills, Rob? Well, I mean, look, where do you want to start? From my point of view, all I do is, is do something I want to do at the time. And uh, right from, I guess, an early age, I went to boarding school, by the way, and mm-hmm. uh, after boarding school, did the standard thing and went into further education and uh, decided very quickly that even though school had spent years sort of, you know, training to get to that next step to get into university, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And I guess that was the, the first time back being 18 years old. It's like, do you know what, you've actually got your own choices you can make. You don't have to do what everybody says you, you're, you're meant to do or follow the road that everybody says you've got to follow. Mm-hmm. And we've always got that freedom of choice. It's one of the great things about living in a culture like ours, right? In, a, in the Western society that we have that freedom. Yeah. So uh, I, I uh, left university to the horror of my parents. <laughs> Obviously, you know, supported, uh, supported to get there and, and ran away and had a bit of, um, uh, you know, sort of rebellious phase and joined the military. So they've been spending all this money on you, getting you ready for this education, glittering career, and you decided to go off and do something different. So. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, thanks, mum, thanks, dad, but I'm going to go off and, uh, and fly airplanes for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the pointy ones, as you call them. Well, yeah, so it was, it, I've got to be honest, there's a little bit of um, a convoluted story to get there. As, mm-hmm. as with everything, you know, there's never a straight line from A to B, right? No. I think it's really easy for people to to see how other people have gone somewhere in their career and think, oh, it's just easy, right? They've just been lucky or um, everything's kind of fallen into place. Well, as ever, you know, you only see the tip of the iceberg, right? And what, what happens beneath the water, beneath the surface is, is 90% of the truth. So, so I actually, you know, uh, ended up in the military a very roundabout way that I left university um, the first time to actually join British Airways. Right. So my old man was in the Air Force and he said, whatever you do, don't join the Air Force. Um, so I, I did actually listen to him, to be fair. Um, and so he tried to join British Airways instead on a, on a, a cadetship program. And sadly, I failed to get in. Right. So I had to, I basically had to go back to university. Um, so I worked for a year, failed to get in, went back to university, but still had that passion to to fly. So so applied again the second time around. And the second time around, I got in, which is fantastic. So I left university the second time in two years. Again, much to the shock horror of, uh, of the parents. And uh, took up my place with British Airways about uh, two weeks before 9-11 happened. Ooh. So uh, I remember it vividly, actually, because I was actually flying with the University Air Squadron at Bath. I was at at the time and landed um, a little puddle jumper airplane landed. And everyone's like, right, you've got to go and watch TV. And remember, you know, seeing the images of the Twin Towers. And I guess what a lot of people don't realize is, is that day how, you know, how wide and far reaching the ramifications were in the world. Right. It wasn't wasn't just that event itself. The ripples kind of affected a lot of people. So, yeah. Next day, I got a call from British Airways and said, you know, we're suspending all, all training. You can sit around for a year. And if, if we start again in a year, you know, you've got a place. Otherwise, you have to reapply again. I think it took them eight, nine, ten years until they started recruiting again. Oh, my God. So in the meantime, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've left university for the second time. Um, I now can't go back for a third time. So I joined, I joined the military, joined the Air Force. Okay. So how did you apply? How did that come around? So, yeah, I was already, I was already flying in uh, University Air Squadron, which is basically like a, a bit of a 
be careful what I say, but of a thinking and flying club at university, Mm -hmm. but it is, um, it is part of the air force. So that was kind of the route in and then applied, you know, to go, to go full time in as a pilot and uh, joined October, um, October, 2001. So about a month after the the twin towers. I remember sitting there day one after being marched in and getting my head shaved, you know, all that sort of great start of the military process, boot campy style, um, sitting in an auditorium with somebody at the front saying today is a great day. Today we have started bombing Afghanistan. And that was the, that was the first day in the military and it was the first day of 12 very very happy but very um sort of roller coaster years i guess yeah sure because you wasn't only a fighter pilot but you was an instructor too yeah so um training took about four years ended up on the tornado f3 which is an air defense fighter so didn't do any of the sort of um, bombing and operational stuff. We did a lot of quick reaction mm-hmm. alert in the UK and Falklands and sort of anti mm-hmm. hijack stuff. So did that until about 2008 and then went back to being an instructor at RF Valley on the Hawk, um, which is what the Red Arrows fly, uh, mm-hmm. and spent the last few years uh, instructing on the Hawk before going out to South Africa to do the same with the South African Air Force. Mm, okay, so what made you leave the military, Rob? So I think um, I had a, I wanted to try something different by going out to South Africa. And as always, right, the grass is always greener. And oh. even now, you know, in the business world, you look at every, everybody's like, oh, the grass is always greener, right? We need to be doing that or that. And it's a, it's a really important point that we'll probably cover later about, you know, one of the secrets to, to success. So I ended up in South Africa and found out it wasn't where I really wanted to be. I was in a, sort of a border town up in the north of the country near the Zimbabwe border. Pretty isolated as, a, as an Englishman up there. And I was meant to be out there for three years and thought, no, this is probably not where I want to be, where, right. where I want to be for the next three years. And, you yeah. know, a couple of things happened out there. Uh, one of my students died out there and I was, I was always very critical of the medical care that we had access to. And that kind of put things into perspective as well as I came across, um, when I was out one weekend, came across a big road traffic accident and uh, got involved with sort of, you know, pulling some people out of cars there. But again, had a bit of a, you know, sort of a, a reality caption going, I'm in the middle of the South African outback with no medical insurance. Nobody knows I'm here. Nobody knows what I'm doing, you know, dragging people out of cars. I thought, right, you know, life's pretty fragile. It's pretty, it's even more fragile out here. And I don't want to, you know, have any, any regrets in life. And that was, the, that was the time where I thought, right, it's now time for me to do something else with my life. Yeah. I always said with the military, I, I love flying, but was never, a, you know, a military person at heart. Right. Right, it's time to time to do something else. And um, you know, spoke to my my posting officer and said, um, "Yeah, it's time to leave." You don't strike me as the uh, the vicious, violent type, Rob. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of military guys are. Right? I think um, certainly in the Air Force, the Air Force is quite different to, to yeah, some of the of course, other, yeah. other services. So you've moved on, and you've obviously at some point decided to try something different. And yeah. uh, I know you got you had a bit of a journey, didn't you? I'll let you tell the story. But uh, obviously, at your house the other week, we were doing a bit of training. So absolutely fantastic, by the way, fantastic house you've got and brilliant training setup and you let us into a little bit of insight of some of the stuff you've done in the past so if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that Rob, that'd be good i mean which which bits in particular well i was thinking the the trolling around you was doing the various property events and uh, you know you're trying some stuff um trying to make it work with your educational schemes and then you stumbled upon webinars i believe yeah so i mean before yeah, before we got to the training, obviously I left the military and, and leaving my pension behind, mm-hmm. I looked for an alternative and started investing in property. And, you know, I'm in the Northwest. I started buying at the depths of the recession. Properties were easy to buy. They were cheap. And I just built up a portfolio, graduating to bigger and bigger stuff. But something with the property world was I was never, I was never connected to it. And, and really for me, it was, just, it was just a mechanism to create wealth rather than something I actually enjoyed doing. And I, I think one of the important things for, you know, for everybody in business or if you listen, 
listening is that whatever you end up doing, one of the important things for high performance is to be emotionally connected to the process. Because if you're not, and it's something you don't enjoy doing, you're never going to perform you know, to your full ability. And more importantly, you're never going to be sort of enriched and fulfilled in what you do. And I'm a firm believer that whatever you do in the, you know, the short lives we have, you have to make the most of it and enjoy it. So I found property not massively engaging as a, as a business, really. So I went back into the training world. Obviously, I've been a trainer in the Air Force, and I was taught to sell from stage, I guess, by, by another company, um, and ended up in their sort of network, going around networking events, um, getting on stage, uh, speaking on stage and selling workshops. And I spent a lot of time on the road. This is probably 2014, so what, four years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of time on the road. And, and that's miserable. My, my eldest, Teddy, had just been born. So I had a, I had a sort of sub one-year-old at home and, and my second, Henry, was on the way. That's tough. <laughs> it, it is. Well, actually, sometimes I say, you know, that's why I was on the road to get away from it. Um, but of course, you know, you don't want to miss those, those days with your kids. No. And I remember vividly one week where it was Monday and I'm in sort of Chester, got an office in El- Ellsmithport, just north of Chester. Uh, and when I was growing my lessing agency, I was going in to work, so, you know, seven, half seven to the office, thinking you've got to be the first one there to, you know, to show, show everybody else that you're the boss. Full day work on the Monday, then drove down to Bristol to speak at a networking event on the Monday, which was about four hours down the M6, M5. Spoke for about an hour, came back, got back home about two o'clock in the morning, back in the office at seven, another full day. And then that Tuesday evening, went to Newcastle to speak at a networking event again, about a four hour drive, one hour talk, back about two o'clock in the morning. I remember sitting there on the Weatherby A1 service station, which is my favorite service station. Whoopee! Without a doubt. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> amazing. There's five places you can get a Costa Coffee in wow. the Weatherby service station. It's incredible. Wow. And, I, and I thought the moment that I start assessing my life by the quality of the service station that I'm, uh, I'm spending time in is yeah. the time to change your life again because there's something fundamentally wrong with your life. I think you're probably right there, Rob. <laughs> it's just, it's, 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 I mean, there might be some people who find enjoyment with service stations, but I'm definitely not one of them. So completely by accident, I did my first webinar. So I thought, right, I've got, I've got this program that I'm selling. And actually uh, a mentor of mine at the time told me to turn it into a, um, a physical product as well. So like a CD set. So I turned it into a CD set. And I thought, right, I have no idea how to do a webinar. Nobody that I know does webinars, but I'm just, I've heard some people do it. So I'm going to put a webinar on and did that. Put the first one on, and to cut a very long story short, I kind of did it in my tracksuit and in my house on a Thursday evening and did my sort of first £5,000 worth of sales with very little overheads and absolutely no stress and kind of more money that I'd made in training in the last six months just by sitting at home doing that. And that's kind of what triggered me to go, right, everybody else is doing things in a certain way. The, probably the key to be successful rather than compete at everybody else's game is to do something different and position yourself differently. And that's what we did with our first property training company, the Property Education Group. And we uh, definitely do things differently to how most other, other people do it. And it, it proved to be very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that was our first training company. And you, you did quite well, even though you didn't spend a lot of money on advertising or other costs, did you? I think in the, in the two and a half years I was running PEG, we spent less than £10,000 on advertising. That's incredible. So I, I think so, when I look at the ad account, it's like 8700 and something, right? So it was a very small amount of ad spend. And yeah, we did over half a million pounds worth of sales in that, uh, in that business quite, quite quickly. And when I kind of reversed engineered that, I realized, one, it was because we positioned ourselves differently. But the big thing is me and my business partner at the time, John, we spent a lot of time building authority within the right circles. And as I to tell everybody right now the secret to success in this industry is just to match the right message to the right market yeah and to be able to find the right market and to be able to do it in a leveraged way that it's not you hustling the whole time because otherwise you're you know you're going to be stuck in uh, you know sort of five figure five figure income so that's what we did in peg we used digital mediums to, to do that now 
I've got to be honest, it, it, you know, it, this was only three years ago, but the market has moved considerably since then. Funny old thing, everybody else starts doing it, becomes more, more competitive, but therefore, you know, we move on and find different and better ways of doing it, which is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so what's driving you on? Yeah, so that's, um, that's a really interesting question, Andy. For me, and for everybody who has a business, you should have a purpose, a mission, a vision in your, in your business. And mine, after, after being around the property and the wealth creation industry for about six, seven years now, is to help people actually unlock their potential, but in the correct way. So rather than having a training company which is based on selling information and getting you know, anybody onto the programs using sort of scarcity and manipulation, I'm very much about getting the right stuff in front of the right people, focusing on implementation, but on a big way, focusing on authenticity and transparency. Okay. Because from my experience, that's what actually gets results. You know, it's easy to, you know, to, to frame something and, and manipulate a, a sale to get people running to the back of the room and, and buying stuff they don't really need. It's quite another to actually get those results for those people. Mm. So, so really my vision for what I'm doing now is to help. And what I want to do is train uh, 10,000 coaches globally to be able to have the skills to touch or improve the lives of 10,000 clients each, which, wow. which is 100 million people would then basically improve the lives of. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. So that that's what our show's kind of about, really, Rob. We're trying to get people to move from their point A to their point B, wherever that might be, no matter how rich or poor they are. But that would scale things nicely, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, it would. We're moving into a different age at the moment, if I'm honest. I think we're going through the biggest change in sort of marketing, I guess, um, in the last 10 years, probably, you know, since since email came along. And, you know, that was a long, long time ago, right? But we're, you know, we're now moving into this world of, of sort of enlightenment and illumination um, and trading on values, if you like, which, which I think is really exciting. And, and last year, I kind of, one of the reasons I closed down the property education group is I became quite disillusioned with the market. I saw a lot of people entering the training market with, with a different moral set. And, you know, there's no right or wrong necessarily with morals. It's just different, but a, a different uh, moral set to, to what I had. And, and I just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. So I kind of shut myself away for a year and just worked with some private clients that I aligned with. Mm-hmm. But now that we're making this transition, that's been really a very motivational thing for me to get back in and start training again, rather than just working with a few people. So, so that's, yeah, that's kind of given me the encouragement to um, start scaling uh, my training business again. Are you enjoying it again now, Rob? Absolutely love it. Never been more more connected with the process, more excited about the process. You know, never worked with better people, better quality of people. You know, we've obviously worked with each other, Andy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really do believe that when you come from a place of authenticity and projecting your real values, uh, what happens is you start attracting that back to you. And that makes the process so much more fulfilling for everybody that you're yeah. actually working with people you want to work with rather than people you have to work with, mm-hmm. um, which is a big, big paradigm shift, I think. Yeah, well, working with you, I've got to tell you now, Rob, was a fantastic experience. Anybody listening out there, if they're thinking of enrolling in anything that Rob does, more power to you because you'll you'll do absolutely fantastic with Rob. He's very very real and he gets involved personally, which is the way I like to work too. Mm. So, um, yeah, well well done, Rob, for doing that. So, just a quick question about technique and strategy. Mm. How important do you believe it is in business? I think strategy is is more important than technique, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the big picture is everything. Now, of course, you, you, have to, you have to be able to deliver operationally. Yeah. But what I find is, I, th- I think I could train anybody to do operations, whereas you can't train anybody to do strategy and big picture, 
big picture thinking. And anything, you know, any business with operations, it should be a systemized process. And you should be able to break it down, um, you know, to a, to a point where you can just bring anybody and give them a, you know, a process, train them on it. And as long as you've got the right systems in place, you know, that, that gets executed. Again, the, the big thing is really, um, you know, what do, what do you or what does everybody want to do big picture wise? Because there is no right or wrong on, in this. And it's really important that you match your business model to how you want to live your life. I, I use something called the hierarchy of identity with, with my clients, which goes through a process of what value do you give? What are you actually connected to emotionally? Um, what's your identity as a person? Um, and we need to go through those steps before you get to your purpose. But for example, some people are very happy. I'm included in that, by the way, by having a very small, a very lean outfit that's high profit margin, but very low, low risk. Yeah. I've got no interest in building big business. It's just not what I want to do because yeah. uh, I'll just then get tied up with building big business rather than helping people. Mm. Other people are empire builders. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand your identity to then be able to work out um, where you are going. You talked earlier about point A to point B. Yeah. If you don't know where your point B is or you've selected the wrong point B, then you're always going to be taking yourself away from your true, your true purpose and you'll have conflict when you do that and you just won't perform. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. You've, been, you've done stuff in your lives which isn't actually getting you closer to where you actually want to go rather than where you think you should be going. I know you've changed the style of your business reasonably recently as well, haven't you? Mm. So last year, this time last year, um, I, had a, you know, I had offices in, in Liverpool. I had five full-time members of staff in in the agency and it just wasn't what i wanted to be doing it wasn't the right thing for me and it was definitely diverging away from that point b that i wanted to get to so you know it's a very hard decision to sit down in a profitable business sit down with the team and say you're closing the office and making everybody redundant Mm. and you know i did it the right way and gave everybody you know paid leave to go and find new jobs and all that sort of stuff but you know it was it was one step back for 10 steps forward you know that was that was an important important turning point yeah, sure. So um, changing tack slightly, when you was in the military, you was obviously a fit guy. <laughs> well, obviously, they wouldn't have had you in if you wasn't fit, Rob. Come on. <laughs> but how fit are you nowadays? What are you doing to keep fit? I, I laugh slightly ironically. <laughs> if anybody's been in the services, right, you'll, uh, they'll just laugh at saying an RAF guy is, is fit. Right. <laughs> I've got to be honest, culture in the RF is not built on, on physical fitness. So yes, of course, there's a baseline, right? But um, yeah. we're not like, you know, the army, for example. I, w- I would say right now I'm in a in better shape about to hit 40 than I was when I joined the Air Force at 20. Oh, great. Which is, uh, you know, a really nice place to be. And I, again, I just think that's in education, learning more about the body, about what you put into yourself, what fuels you, you know, what you, what you actually need to do to stay healthy. So, so I'm very, very strong on what we put into our bodies, uh, eliminating things like sugar and gluten and all those things that most people don't think about too much, like eating bread, you know, in the morning or, or sandwiches. When you actually look at the science behind what that does to our bodies in a long-term view, a lot of stuff that we take as every day is actually quite damaging to us, or at least the science suggests it's damaging to us. I, I think we as a culture probably went through or probably still do go through a lot of fads in terms of diets and weight loss and they're all fads and they're all rubbish there are some fundamental rules to how we should be eating as human beings which give us more energy gives us gives us more longevity and uh, you know mean we can enjoy our lives more so so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm pretty big on that uh, i fast intermittent fasting every now and again i do longer period of, of fasting with a view mostly for longevity rather than rather than weight loss you've mentioned before that you'd like to live to a ripe old age 150 is my target wow 
Mm. I actually think in our lifetimes, it's, that's going to be achievable. I, I read an interesting bit of research uh, recently that says if you are in your 30s right now, which which I am, then your life expectancy is going to be sort of mid 80s right now. But for those of us in our 30s, if we get into our 70s, then our life expectancy will be about 110, 120. Yeah. Just with the way that medicine is improving. Now, this isn't necessarily a good thing in a big picture, right? You know, if, if, if all of a sudden the population all starts living to 110, 120, there's going to be, I think, massive societal issues, mm. which if I'm honest, we're starting to see already with, with people living, living longer. But that's, that's probably a story for another show, I guess. <laughs> Do that one another time. Yeah. Robert, don't mind. <laughs> so, so what's exciting you in business nowadays? I just think the opportunity to to help people transform themselves and their businesses, uh, it's a very satisfying process. And I think most most people go through process of iteration in their business. What I really do with with my clients is, is go through massive transformation because it's easy to sort of follow what other people do and model what other people do. But there's very often some very fundamental changes you can make, which increase profit margins and decrease the time you're working significantly. And I guess, you know, taking somebody who is is hustling and uh, working 20 hours a day and, and not making, um, you know, huge amounts of profit and then just changing their model totally and all of a sudden, you know, they've got high profit margin, you know, low low time delivering or, or, or working is, is quite a, you know, satisfying thing to be able to do. And, you know, same in, in my business. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's all about probably number one enjoyment, number two profit. And it's, it's all too easy to get suckered into just growing a business for the sake of growing it. Yeah, sure. So what would you say your biggest achievements are then in that case? Is the latest project you're doing now? I don't think I've achieved an awful lot, if I'm brutally honest, you know, when I, when I look at it. You know, I, I think probably the biggest achievement is having a business that does reach and help people, I guess. All the rest of it is just, is just operations. I think my biggest achievement is, is my two kids, if I'm honest, and, and mm-hmm. being able to see them every, every day and, and, and have fun with them. That's, um, you know, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, I think you lead a lifestyle with your job, don't you, rather than the job leading your lifestyle? Mm. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's nice to be able to have breakfast with the kids every day, dinner with the kids every day, you know, go on holidays when they're out of, out of school and just, you know, be able to have mobility in life is, is, is a, great, um, a great thing to be able to have. And I think everybody should try and build mobility into their lives. Rob, we do a little thing called Mind and Heart. I don't know if you've got any stories, but we look to the experts that we have on the show to tell us a little bit about someone they've helped that's helped to change their life in a personal way. So have you got anybody that you've worked with that you've, you've helped so much that it's completely changed their life? Put me on the spot with that one, Andy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think there's probably lots of names spring to mind of, of how I've helped in different ways, both in the property world and in the business world. Something that I'm quite passionate about is, is helping military guys. I mean, kind of on a financial way at the moment. I know uh, one of the military guys who used to fly tornadoes with me came to one of our first events in property education group. So that was, oh, blimey, back in 20, 2015 in Manchester, mm-hmm. so October 2015. And he was in the military and he was thinking about doing something else, but he wasn't sure. And he was you know down on being the military and he came to the event and I had a I had a good long chat with him and at the end he was quite motivated and actually I spoke to him he came to um, uh, an event I ran a couple of weeks ago it's the first time I've seen him since then and since he he came to that event he's built a service accommodation business he said last month brought in £15,000 net profit Wow! and he left his job he left the RAF two years ago got a family that he sees and lives with every day that's quite a nice thing to see that sort of transformation to get somebody out of what they're not enjoying anymore and you know for whatever small part I played in that and it's clearly a very small part um, then be successful in what they've done in business and you know Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty satisfying that's brilliant. Well, that's quite a lot of money, isn't it? 15000 for a guy in the military. I mean, back in the day, he was probably not earning a lot more than that a year. 
Yeah, military is not the best paid job in the world. That's for sure. Mm. It's certainly not. Yeah. Um, uh, you join it. You join it as a vocation rather than for the money. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rob, would you be able to tell us about your latest projects that you've got? Yeah, for sure. So um, what I actually launched earlier this year, Andy, is is a program called the Authority Accelerator. And the point of that program is to help experts um, push through five-figure hustle and effectively ascend to a leadership position within their niche, creating six-figure profits with authenticity, with transparency, and with impact, most importantly. And it's quite, it's quite different to a lot of other, other things out there because it's a very intense 90-day sort of kickstart experience followed by nine months follow-up. Now, that initial 90 days is all with me one-to-one. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leverage it and make it in the group program. I didn't want to bring other coaches in. It was important for me to do it one-to-one with people to actually get those results. So I take people from, from really um, from scratch through to having all, the, all their systems and processes set up to operate with freedom, to elevate their own authority within their niche, to uh, attract traffic to them and ascend it through, through their program and service structure. And so that's what I'm working with people on at the moment. Uh, and then we, yeah, I followed up with nine months of support on my, on my group coaching program and it's gone down extremely well. There's been a lot of demand for it. I've actually just closed the doors temporarily whilst, uh, whilst I deal with the, um, uh, the first cohort that's, that's joined there. And yeah. that going forward into 2018 and 2019 is where I'm going to be dedicating 95% of my energy. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So are you actually going to be having people come to your home and doing it in person? Yeah. So, so we actually deliver it online. Mobility is important so I can deliver it anywhere. But what I'm going to start doing, and this might be something that, that listeners will be interested in, is, is having effectively discovery days at my house. So small, intimate discovery days mm-hmm. for no more than 10 people at a time because I'm a big fan of, of intimacy, if I'm honest. I hate big rooms that are impersonal it's just not the way I work so so that'll be something that I'll be um, starting probably during the summer so people can find out a bit more about it okay so do you have any offers for the transform your wealth and health listeners at all Rob yeah great Andy so what I'm going to do is I I wrote a short book uh, end of last year called power positioning for coaches trainers and experts and what I'd like to do to your listeners is offer that for free as well as a copy of my um, expert ascension report which is between the two of them is all the tools that everybody needs really to to do what I'm teaching so uh, huge amounts of value there's about five years worth of intellectual property in there and it's all uh, contained within those pages so I believe what we're going to do is put a put a link on your notes so people can get hold of that. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, why not? Oh, thanks very much for doing that. We've got to the end of the show now. And anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye? No, as ever, look, it's been an absolute pleasure, Andy. Thanks for inviting me on the show. And really, the you know the message that, that I want to put out to everybody who's listening, you know, in whatever business you're in, my biggest thing for success, my biggest point for success is to project your realistic values into the world and when you do that and when you're authentic and transparent at what you do you're going to attract that back to you and and that for me is the key to success going into 2018 2019 and and forward oh thank you so what's the best way for people who want to get in touch with you rob to contact you so i would say the best way if anybody wants to come into the community is join my facebook community which is Mm -hmm the expert asset builders and it's a it's a group and i'm there active in it every day and uh it's very important to me to grow a community so um uh, please come and ask and apply to join the group it's a free group but you'd have to apply to make sure uh, you know i don't i don't put people in there who are not going to be um congruent with the group um so it's expert asset builders on facebook just search for it and you can find it okay thanks very much rob thanks for being on the show absolute pleasure andy i hope you enjoyed that episode and until next time start transforming your wealth and health now.